Independence Day, and man, we're gonna have some fireworks here in the studio. You're listening to one more round, Casey. Just there with a jam-packed crowd here. We got Damien, St. Pierre, Nick, A. Bear, got Mello working the computer and the board as usual. We've got a lot of guests here for you. We've got uh, Justin Verdon, a fight promoter, that's gonna be coming on a little bit later in the show to talk about some amateur fights that he has in Homa this coming weekend. We've also got the main event guy in that show, Rance Ward. He's gonna be one half of the main event this weekend. He's going to be uh, talking to us about some of the things he's working on, some of the things he's training to try to prepare for that fight. A little after that, we're going to talk some wrestling. We're going to have Elite Championship Wrestling's Brett Ian Landry. He is a personality, a, a manager. He's got a couple of guys under him. They have a show Sunday at East Park Recreation Center in Homa. Uh, Brett's going to join us. He's always a good interview, so stick around for that. Um we're going to lead off where we've been leading off, quite frankly. We've been uh, talking some NBA here throughout the summer. Um, man, it's been, uh, you know, the crazy thing about the NBA offseason is is you, you're you waiting after the draft for July 1st. July 1st gets here and it finally comes. And then it feels like by like July 3rd or 4th, it's all done and it's all over. There's sort of just the leftovers left on the free agency list i see you got a list of guys here um gordon hayward was the last domino to fall he is going to be a boston celtic um the jazz now are, are just sort of trying to pick up the pieces but we're sort of in that that awkward period where all the big moves are sort of made uh everyone else is just sort of role players and to me in a, in a slight way this is more exciting than the big guys because a lot of these guys I didn't realize we're still in the league, so it's it's always interesting to me to see where some of these lesser knowns end up. I gotta be honest, this time in the NBA is probably one of my favorite times besides the playoffs. You got summer league, you got all these new guys trying to make a name for themselves. I'm a summer league geek. Uh, just seeing all these new faces in different places and people trying to make a roster—that's basketball to me because these guys right. are playing hard every second they're on the floor. Every Every time your number's called, you're going to try to make a trying to make a uh, a statement. And we're going to talk a little bit about a couple guys that I've been watching the last couple of nights. First one, 13th pick overall by the Utah Jazz, Donovan Mitchell out of Louisville. Uh, I got a chance to watch him tonight before we came in the studio, and he was he's just he's a big, strong uh, type of player. His first game, 
Yeah, 23, 23 points, five assists. Second game ended with 15 points. It's just, it's, he, he, I think he's got it, and I think he fits well in the Utah system. And I think he's going to be pretty successful, especially for a rookie. He's been, he's been, uh, he's been pretty impressive. Another guy, I hate to say it, a dookie. A dookie. Oh, no. Yeah. Jason Tatum has been looking, he's, he looked pretty good in that, in that first game. 21 points, seven rebounds, five steals, only one turnover. And he hit the go ahead game winner with six seconds left in, in the first game against, uh, the number one pick overall, Fultz, Fultz. Yeah. And look, he's been looking good too. He just, in that, in that last game, they gave him the ball in crunch time. He tried to do this reverse layup. And guess what? Not in the NBA. Not even <laughs> in the NBA Summer League is that going to happen. And another guy that's hitting the stat line is former LSU Tiger, Johnny O'Brien. His first game in a summer league, 26 points and four rebounds. Casey, watching his college basketball career, we weren't too fond of the way he no, played. No, not at all. But Johnny has been um, – he's had some moments in the NBA where he's been okay. Um, but here's here's the thing with Johnny is Johnny spent a lot of time in college. He was, what, a two- or three-year guy. A lot of these summer league guys are one and dones. I mean, you're a 24, 25 year old grown man playing against 18, 19 year old guys. You'd better be getting 26 <laughs> points and four rebounds, or else we'd really be wondering how much longer you're going to be in the league. Nick, out of this draft class, these guys that just got picked, is there anybody that you're most excited to see? I'm I'm interested in seeing a lot. There, from one to five, one to maybe even more than that. You, I mean, you could have a breakout talents anywhere on on that list. Um, you got Foltz going to the 76ers. They got a, a nice little setup going with the 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 first round picks that they've been getting for the last few years. Yeah. You got the Celtics passing up on Josh Jackson, which kind of surprised me, but apparently he didn't even go to their workout when they invited him. And I'm I'm, I'm interested in Josh Jackson and Tatum and like that that whole crew. Like you you really don't know who's gonna who's gonna come out of this as the superstar. You didn't say a name that I thought you'd yeah, say. I agree. I try to avoid him. God, he's a UCLA guy, and his dad's killing me. You didn't say Lonzo Ball, and here, here's what I'm interested in seeing. I watched some college basketball this year, and if you just you know put earmuffs on and you don't hear anything that's on the outside and hear anything about the dad and hear anything about the shoes and the brand and everything like that, and you just watch the guys on the floor... That son of a gun was the best player in the country this past year for my dollar. I thought that he controlled the game well. He got his teammates involved. A lot of assists, points. I thought that he could have maybe even been a little more assertive at times and wasn't. I don't know how it's going to go, but I'm very excited to see it because I think he really could be a star if he could eliminate all the other BS around him. Yeah, I totally agree. He's going to be a star. He, I mean, He's silky smooth on the court. He, he's big point guard, can see the floor, makes great passes, can shoot the ball. He has a weird shooting form, but dude knocks him down. And he, he's playing in Los Angeles. He, it's, he it's got show, what he wanted. Showtime all over again. That guy's, I mean, he, he, could, he could bring it, but uh, let's see if they can. the Lakers themselves can bring back the magic. Let me tell you where I have a problem with this. When my first-round pick, his brother and his father, mm-hmm. show up on WWE Monday Night Raw, <laughs> that's when the problem begins. And he didn't even get a good pop in Los Angeles. No, he didn't. The Miz roasted him the next week, too. That was... He didn't. And, I, man, it's so hard because you're right. I, I, I think that at the end of the day um, – the, the dad may end up cheating this guy out of a out of a fair shake but just on the court if, if you could just not 
pay attention to the outside stuff, man. It, 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 I think that he got a chance to be one heck of a player. But NBA free agency is still rocking and rolling. Uh, Otto Porter, one of the guys, as C. Damien has a list here of the best guys available. Otto Porter signed an offer sheet with the Brooklyn Nets. It's a max offer sheet, $106 million. Otto Porter averages only 13 points per game. I'm sort of okay with this a little bit, and I'll tell you why. He was the third or fourth option on that team. Maybe he could do a little bit more if he were the guy. But Washington's going to match that offer sheet. Look, it's it's a terrible offer. Um, but I, can Otto Porter be worth this type of money? We sat here and discussed Drew Holiday being worth this kind of money. Who would you take? Who would you rather have on your roster, Porter or Holiday? Oh, man. Definitely Drew Holiday. Otto Porter's 24 shot 54% from the field. The, uh, James Harden was a 15-point-per-game guy until he got a shot. I, I would take Drew Holiday, but I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised if Otto Porter went to his own situation and maybe thrived. He was very touted out of college. But he's getting all this money on potential. Like, he has not proven anything in this league. And he's and, getting $106 million. And the Nets know the Wizards are going to match. The Nets know they're not going to get him. That what might. happens in these situations is they throw a big offer sheet out there knowing it's going to get matched. They're trying to handcuff the Wizards. It's one of these situations, just like we talked about uh, on our last podcast. If you get in the check, somebody thinks you're worth it. Yeah, and, and the Nets are in a situation where they don't have any money on the books. The NBA actually has a salary floor where you have to meet a certain level. They have to pay somebody. So they figure, heck, we'll just throw a dart out there. If they match it, great. If not, you know, well. But some of the other guys the Nets may be throwing a dart at on this list. I see Nerlens Noel, uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who's actually a, a guy I think the Pelicans would maybe be well-suited to look at. We'll talk about the Pelicans now. Is You know, we're July 5th now. Um, free agency started July 1st. There's been a whole lot of not much outside of the Drew Holiday thing. I know they don't have a ton to work with, but – if they're going to really just run this back with the same group of guys that they had this past season and expect that'll be enough to please Boogie Cousins, fellas, I think that's very dangerous territory to to encroach upon. So I don't know that's going to be enough. You look at the West, the Thunder got better. You know, the the, the Clippers are got worse. There's no doubt about that. But they're still going to be serviceable. The Wolves got better. I don't know that the Pelicans are going to just slide into that eight slot and make the playoffs by default. I'm seeing a lot of other teams making some big moves. I can't understand why we can't sign a shooter. That's the most common thing to me in the NBA is a shooter. Everybody shoots the ball. That's the first thing you do when you walk into a gym, any gym. The first thing you do when you warm it up, you shoot the ball. I can't understand why we – now, I, well, maybe I do understand it because we talked about it last time. You got football play, football uh, decision makers running a basketball program. Right. It, we, have, we have a little bit of money, but we got to use it in the right way, and we, we just, we're not going to do it. Nick, are you satisfied with how this offseason is going at all? Jeez, no. Okay, you guys are talking about how you see the, um, the opening of free agency as like Christmas, kind of like you get excited right. about it. For, I'm a diehard Pelicans fan. I could care less about any of the teams. I like the Thunder because I like Russell Westbrook, but I could care less about the rest of the league. This is the most depressing time to be a Pelicans fan because you see all these names going around, getting signed, getting signed, and we do nothing. We signed what we had that didn't work, and we expect it to work. So they sell us on this dream about next season is going to be big because we got this guy who we had last year. And then this guy, and we we don't do anything to improve, and we're never gonna get better. And like, it's it's so depressing to watch all these big names go other places that we are not even pushing to make the playoffs. 
And just as you say that, the Pelicans picked up, as we talked about earlier, off the air, Darius Miller. Oh, championship. championship. Darius Miller, a guy. When was the last time Darius Miller played in the NBA? When he was with Hootie and the Blowfish. <laughs> and I'll tell you, Darius Miller is a career four points per game guy. I understand he's been playing well in Germany, yada, yada. That's all well and good. But the Pelicans are approaching this next season. I can make the argument that their fourth best player is Solomon Hill. The Warriors' fourth best player is Draymond Green. How do you even remotely try to compete with that? It, it just feels like a situation where even at the very best you could be, you're going to be that 7 or 8 seed that's going to just get crushed in the first round of the playoffs. And Anthony Davis is only going to want to be a part of that for so much longer. I know he's under contract for the next four or five years, but man, it... The, the sand is starting to drop out of that hourglass. They're running out of time here, boys, and they don't have enough resources to have that flexibility of a Boston where they can make some moves and change things around. I just don't see that they have, you know, you'd like your NBA team to be elastic. You could change and stretch out and do different things. They're made out of concrete right now. There's not much flexibility. There's nothing they could do to get better. A lot of the problem is that we pretty much throw away our draft year after yeah. year. We got lucky, and I think they gave us the number one pick to be able to get Anthony Davis. And besides that, we might as well just, like we said, throw a dart and just pick a random person because that's that's pretty much where we're at right now. Something else that the Pelicans are kind of going after, they've been kind of flirting around with the idea of bringing in Ty Lawson as a, as a backup point guard. And something we had planned to kind of get into, which we get into now, I guess, the sports media in New Orleans is Terrible. awful. You got, I'm not even going to name a name, but just search around on Twitter talking about possibly trading or wanting to trade a first round pick and two of our decent players. Uh, you may better help me out. Who did he want to trade? He wanted to trade Check, um, Diallo, Etwan Moore, and a first and a round pick, pick for Jeremy for Lin. Jeremy Lin, a backup point guard. How does how do these people get jobs? We, well, one of us has a sports media job, but the rest <laughs> of us don't. You have you just signed a guy to a $100 million deal at point guard. Why would you trade a starter and maybe a future starter in Diallo? And look, the Pelicans have a log jam in post players. I thought Diallo was pretty good in the limited action that he got. Um, for Jeremy Lin, I, look, I had Jeremy Lin on the team I root for before. He was a rocket. He's, he's some kind of awful. He could score a little bit. He does not defend very well. Um, I just don't know that he would fit. Like, he doesn't... He's not the type of guard that is going to get a bunch of assists and penetrate and kick out and get everybody involved. He's sort of a guy that that just kind of kind of scores, just kind of does his thing. That's not going to make Boogie Cousins or Anthony Davis better. The Pelicans need a distributor. I know that their idea is they want to have their cake and eat it too. They want Drew Holiday to score. They want Drew Holiday to sort of be the two guard, and they want to get another guard that could distribute. Jeremy Lin is just not that. I don't think Drew Holiday is the answer for our scoring issues. I agree. And we, yeah. like, just to, to beat a dead horse, we need a shooter. I And we talked about it. Not, I hate Duke. I, I do. But a J.J. Redick type, why can't we? Yeah. I understand he went for a ton of money to Philadelphia, but why can't we get a guy like that? Just What what happened to Jimmer? Can we just bring Jimmer back or just think he, make him believe that he's playing in China and <laughs> have him come tear it up here? They, they've got to find a way to, to fix that problem. And one of the ways of doing it is not to get rid of Etuan Moore. He's their best shooter they have. I mean, they, look, if you get rid of Etuan Moore, 
This would be the second time in four or five months that you trade your best shooter away. Buddy Heald was their best shooter at the deadline. They got rid of him. And I understand you got Boogie Cousins. That's a deal you had to make. This is the only way you're going to get a star player like Cousins. But now if you trade Etuan Moore for a role player, you know, a guy who's not going to start, he's going to be your sixth man kind of thing, that just feels like you're, you're messing up in a big way. And I don't know what the answer is because, you know, every list of free agents is – about full now you know that you're sort of just left with the leftovers do you do you have a trade if you make a trade who do you have that another team's gonna want because they have a lot of guys on some bad contracts I hate to be so doom and gloom but I just don't know the right way to do it and I don't know that Dell Demps at this point knows the right way to do it either do you think it's possible the triad of Benson Loomis Demps thinks that we're possibly going to the three-on-three league and we could just suit up <laughs> Holiday Davis and uh, and Boogie Cousins. That would be a nice team for three-on-three. It would be a nice three-on-three team, maybe even an Olympic winning three-on-three team. Now that's an Olympic sport, but unfortunately the Warriors are allowed to have two more guys on the court. So, <laughs> <laughs> so are the rest of the league, yeah. <laughs> hey, um, hey, Damien, you brought up Jimmer, Jimmer Fredette just a little while ago. Uh, former Pelican Russ Smith dropped 81 points in the Chinese league a couple nights ago. Kid is averaging sixty one point four points a game. My we need some God. offense. I think so, uh, we we can get Russ Smith back. And we we right in the championship picture. So we release Russ Smith or whatever happened to him. He goes kill it. We release Jimmer. He goes kill it in Japan. Pierre it. Jackson. We release it. He scores fifty a game wherever he's played. I'm seeing a trend here. And we can't find scores. Maybe we just move the Pelicans to the Chinese league. <laughs> That's a, something about those those rims in China that are really. But look. Stefan Marbury at 40 was also the MVP of this Chinese league. So I guess maybe we take a little bit of that with a grain of salt. But realistically, the Pelicans, how many wins are we looking at? Is this a playoff team? And if it is not a playoff team, is this the end for Boogie Cousins in New Orleans? Well, I agree. I agree with that last time. I think this is the final year for Cousins. I And I'm hoping it's the final year for a few front office people. I Everybody in the West is loading up. And we're not doing anything about it. We're just keeping everything the same. That's normally not a good combination. Nick? Is you either loading up to try to make a run at the, the title or are you selling all your guys to get good draft picks? And we're kind of in the middle, in the worst The worst spot. place to be. Because we're not, we're not getting good draft picks. We're not making a title run. We're not making the playoffs. We're just stuck in that 10th spot in the West, and that is no good. So... It, it poses an interesting question, and this is something that we could do an entire show on. But if the Boston Celtics come to you today and say, you want some younger players? We've got three or four of them. You want a bunch of guaranteed lottery picks? We've got two or three of them. Give us that big fellow with the unibrow. Do you entertain that at all? Um, at this point, no. You're not there yet? <laughs> yeah, just write it out. Oh, God. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you it's, see it's where coming, both sides with one. It's, it's getting close to that. Yeah, point. It's coming to that point where you have to. You can make a decision like that. But um, I'm holding out. I don't want to say I'm holding out hope because I. It's it's a losing battle, but uh, it's a little too early for that. But soon I could see that as a, a viable option. I I said it last time. AD is going to be like Drew Brees. That's that's the that's the one guy that we're gonna have. If as long as he wants to stay here, he's gonna stay here. They're not they're not gonna get rid of him. And what are you gonna get three first round draft picks for him? And what are we gonna do with it? Trade, Trade him, him for a veteran uh, for cash cash consideration. <laughs> Send him to the Chinese league, and they're gonna score fifty a game. So we're gonna talk some more. As we said, really every show that we've done, we're gonna continue the NBA talk. We're basketball purists at heart, and the 
offseason is sort of slowing down a little bit, but that just means that the rosters are going to take shape and we're going to have a better idea of what we're going to be looking at for the next season. But let's take our first commercial break when we get back. We're going to make a trip out to Terrebonne Parish. We're going to have Justin Verdon on the line. He's going to be previewing an amateur boxing show that's going to be on Saturday in Homa. You want to listen to what Justin has to say. And then right after that, we're going to have Rance Ward on the line, who's going to be in the main event of that show. So we've got a good 30, 40 minutes of boxing coming up. You're listening to One More Round. We'll be right back after this. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Do you like what you're listening to? We sure hope so. One More Round is a South Louisiana-based recording studio where local personalities can discuss a wide range of topics spanning from local to national sports and other issues. For advertising, call Richard Mott at 985-226-0180. And welcome back to One More Round Studios here in Golden Meadow. Casey just clear with Damien St. Pierre, Nick Bear, and Mello pushing the buttons on the phone line. We have Justin Verdon, fight promoter. Um, he's got a big amateur show this weekend at the West Homa Recreation Center. Justin, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Everything's going great. Very good. And tell us a little bit about your show. Mm-hmm. I was looking. You got a lot of fights lined up, a lot of uh, really talented and gifted <laughs> boxers. What are some of the things you're most excited to see this weekend? Um, well, I'm, I'm kind of excited for our main event fighter, man. We have uh, that guy Q. Um, they call him Equent. I don't, I don't, Equent Randall versus Rance Ward. That's going to be our main event. Q used to be uh, his nickname was Q. He used to be with us, and uh, we got him out of the gym. And now he's training somewhere else, and now he's coming back to compete against one of our own students. So it's kind of exciting to see, you know. Tell me a little bit about Rance Ward, Justin. You, you, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you. You, you were telling me uh, we talked off the air before we were doing that MMA interview with him, and I know you said that he's a guy that sky's kind of the limit when he's focused and, and ready to roll. He could do some big things. What are some of the things you're looking to see from him this weekend? Letting his hands go, man. That's the, that's the biggest thing, and he needs to do when he lets his hands go. He can he really come and fight. You know what he just got to stay throwing those punches because he's really fast, got a good jab, good head movement. So. Um, he throws a lot of punches and wins the fight easily. All right, Justin, it's Damien here. Uh, just kind of keep up with the amateur boxing scene and, and your gym. Uh, give us a little rundown on, on the undercard. Who are you ex- kind of excited to see from your gym that's maybe uh, just starting out or, or just kind of just excited to see? Well, I have a few, a few people I'm excited to see from my club. i got a 10-year-old. Um, he started out at the other gym here in Homer, and he's 0-3. And, um, so they brought him here with us, and now he's doing really good. And I think he's gonna get his first win on Saturday. He's about ten years old, seventy-eight pounds. You know, um, little, a little bit skinny kid that nobody would think he could even fight. You know, he wears glasses and the big guy, man. Everybody's gonna be looking like, look at this kid and watch at him fight because we turned him around big time. Um, and then I got, I got a. I got my little cousin Chaz Burden's gonna make his uh, amateur boxing debut. He does, he's been training jujitsu in MMA um, pretty much all his life, and uh, he's starting to come and train boxing with us. And now he's gonna get his first debut amateur fight. Yeah, so that's pretty cool to see how he goes. Um, I also have a 15 year old man, uh, Melvin Porter. This kid 
when he first started with us, he was 289 pounds, and he'd been working hard, and now he's 180 pounds. Um, and he has two fights already, and won both of them, and he's fighting another guy. You know, uh, a, a, the other guy has his first fight, but, you know, big difference from 289 to 180, you know, that's kind of exciting, man. I think I could fight. He's only, he's only 15 years old. He just made 16, like, two days ago, so he's going to be something one day. I could, t- I could tell you what, Justin has been promoting fights for a long time, and I think he's got it down to a science. And I could tell me if I'm wrong here. Oh, you, <laughs> you put a guy from another, a guy from one gym against a guy from another gym. All right, that's the first key. Right. The second key is if you're having a fight in Homa, you have to have a verdant on the card. That, <laughs> you're, you're on to something. That's how you sell tickets, right? Yeah, right. you knew that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You gotta have. Justin, uh, give us a little rundown. On, I know you, you run your own gym, Extreme. Uh, I don't know if you're going extreme MMA boxing right now. Give us a little rundown on what do you do, the times you're there, uh, how do you get in touch with you to, to start working out? And you, you can contact us at 985-873-5722. That's the gym number. goes straight to my cell phone. Um, we do classes. Um, I do boxing cardio classes. People that doesn't want to box, they do it for cardio at 11 o'clock, Monday through Thursday. Every day we have a cardio. We have some kind of training going on. 11, 11 o'clock, and then in the afternoons we open at 5 o'clock. Um, we have a kids program from kids that's 5 years old to 8 years old. And then we do another cardio class after that while the kids are Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And then while the kids, the parents, is, um, the, kid, the parents do the, the cardio class while the kids in Jiu-Jitsu class. And that's kind of, you know, they, they keep them busy. They don't have to do that. They, they get a workout in and they don't have to leave, do anything. It's wait for their kids while they do cardio, you know. Um, so we have that uh, Mondays and Wednesdays, and then Tuesdays and Thursdays is street boxing, all boxing training, all um, 5 o'clock to 8 o'clock. People that want to box, they get in there, they spar, and, and they, they, you know, they, you don't, some of the kids don't even have to, have to spar or fight, but they train the boxing, the boxing program, you know, it gets, it gets pretty good for them. Justin, you fought for an awful long time. Do you still get that itch, man? I know promoting these fights and, and hearing all the hype about these fights, it's got to tug at you a little bit. You probably physically may, may not all the way still be there, but I know that a little bit mentally, it's got to bug you at least a little bit, huh? Man, you know, I spar with the guys, and, and, and I feel like, man, I can still do this, and I want to do it when I spar. But then when it comes down to start training, I like I don't have that itch anymore. I don't want to do it. You know, it's just, I'm done, man. And, and you know, I I spoil with everybody. If, if I had people, if somebody comes to the gym and spoil every day, like Jonathan Gidger, okay, big heavyweight guy, pro fighter, he comes he get, he comes to the gym to get some sport important. So I spoil him every time he comes. If he come more often, I probably get in shape and fight again. You know, <laughs> but <laughs> you know that, that's the only time I really spoil somebody that can push me and. And he only comes every now and then, you know. So, um, but other than that, I don't have the itch, man. I don't, I don't, I don't want, I don't have the itch to want to do it to, to go through the, the blood, sweat, and tears, man. That's that's rough. I don't. That's gone, man. I can't, I can't go through that anymore, you know. So, I love the sport. I love. To, I still like to get punched in the face. It's awesome. <laughs> I hear you, man. Now, uh, <laughs> if there's anybody out there that, that's listening and, and, and thinking, you know, man, I, I want to go out and I want to watch these fights. Be a promoter, man. Tell us why they should, you know, go ahead and head on out to the West Homer Recreation Center and spend the afternoon with you guys. For one, you're going to see two guys uh, that came from the same gym. Now it's two that's training with another person, you know, because they have no loyalty here in Homer. 
So that's a grudge match. Makes it kind of like exciting to see. That's definitely something you want to see. Then, of course, these kids, you know, eight years old, that's going to be competing and stuff. Eight, ten years old, 11 years old, a lot of kids fighting. So that's, that's, that's pretty exciting to see some really good eight-year-old kids that's bringing some boxing skills to the to the boxing ring, you know, see that age doing that, you know. And if anybody wants to come, man, if they ever want to come, you know, 985-873-5722. That is the gym number. And if you want information about the tickets or how to get there, whatever, you can call that number out. I'm there. That's my, that's on my cell phone. All right, Justin. And before we let you go, in one of our first podcasts, uh, we talked about Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor. And I referenced the story between your fight with Ricky Falls, kind of the MMA versus boxing. <laughs> so I got to get your take on this. Yes. What do you think is going to happen in that fight? Man, you you don't put no MMA fighter against a boxer. You know, it's not going to happen. I mean, of course, Conor McGregor got a puncher's chance, you know, into the first, second, third round maybe. But um, there's no MMA fighter that can handle a boxer in the boxing ring. You know? There's, there's, you got to be a box ball heart. You gotta, that's something you got to want to do to want to get in the boxing ring. An MMA fighter can't handle an MMA a boxer. Do you think he's going to finish him, or do you think it's going to be a decision? Um, I, I really think he, uh, Mayweather is going to finish him. It's not going to be no decision. And, and you know, Mayweather the kid doesn't, doesn't have, you know, he doesn't punch that hard, but he's going to finish the guy because he's going to be tired, you know. I mean, Nate Diaz, Nate Diaz pretty much stopped him, and he doesn't hit hard at all. And he's an MMA fighter that with probably the best boxing skills in the UFC, but um, I think Mayweather's going to stop him in the later rounds. That That's an interesting thing that you brought up there, because was, you've promoted both, you've trained for both. What's the difference between fighting those three five-minute rounds and those you know 12 three-minute rounds that's got to be a big difference and I think you're right I think McGregor is going to wear down but I guess just give us a, a brief rundown of the difference in the length of those two different styles of fights yeah when you're training for boxing man you gotta you practice you gotta stay moving on your toes all the time um so whenever you whenever you're doing mixed martial art you gotta train so many different ways being onto the ground, getting up, up and down, you know, just that is a total different way of getting in shape, you know. But you put, a, like I said, you put an MMA fighter put in the boxing ring; they're not used to staying on their feet and just throwing punches, you know. So it's totally different, you know. I I, I, I trained for an MMA fight, and uh, I was in good boxing shape. I thought I was, I thought I was ready to go, and I went started training MMA, and I got tired, you know. It's, it's totally different. So what I, what I was getting ready for MMA, I was trying to do boxing training, didn't work out. Then I started doing boxing training and got away from the MMA training. You know, it, it you can't do both of them, man. You gotta, you, you're going to get tired. You got, cause you know, you got to run and stay on your feet all the time for boxing and MMA. You really, you really gotta, you practice different ways. You know, gotta go on the ground, a lot of jiu-jitsu, a lot of kicking, things like that. It's totally different, man. There you go. Hey, Justin, thanks so much for the time, man, and uh, we'll have you on again very soon. We love the insight that you give. Because you're, you're right. You could talk about MMA and boxing and be very educated on both topics. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. Sure. Yes, sir. That is Justin Verdon, local fight promoter. Uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we get back, we're going to have the guy Justin was just talking about, Rance Ward, on the line. He's going to be in the main event Saturday. I didn't know any of this backstory, but it sounds like that's going to be a big grudge match. I'm looking forward to hearing what Rance has to say. Keep it right here. You're listening to One More Round. We'll be right back after this. 
If you're in the market for a screen printed vinyl t-shirt, sports apparel, embroidery, or much more, please visit Down the Bayou Design Studio and Clothing Company in Golden Meadow. They have all your clothing needs. Go visit Nick and all the guys out there. They're going to do a wonderful job. Again, that's Down the Bayou Design Studio and Clothing Company out in Golden Meadow. They're open five days a week from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Again, that's Down the Bayou Design Studio and Clothing Company. Give them a ring, 985-475-7700. And welcome back to one more round. Um, here, Casey just declared Damien St. Pierre and Nick A. Bear. Uh, we talked to Justin Verdon in our last segment. Now we have. The guy who's going to be in the main event of that show, Rance Ward, on the line. Rance, how you doing, buddy? Okay, I'm doing all right. Pretty fine. What's up? Oh, not much, man. Um, Justin was just telling us some of the things that he expects from you on, on Saturday. And, and look, man, it looks like it's going to be a little bit of a grudge match. It's going to be a guy that used to train at y'all's gym. And uh, what are some of the goals that you have for uh, Saturday's fight? Well, I have to let my hands go more in my fight. I have a big problem of uh, not letting my hands go. So I gotta come out stronger, stronger than what he's coming. Out. I already know he he he's a George Foreman type slugger. You know. Hey, have you sparred this guy? Have you have you like what do you, what? How much do you know about him? I don't know too much, but the way you could you could tell off how a person looks, kind of big, so. I know he's going to slug, and I, I ain't haven't spoiled him. No, I haven't spoiled him. But the people that I do spoil, I'm I'm not worried about none of his legs. So I, I spoil monsters, heavyweights, middle uh, weight, uh, light heavyweight, cruiserweight. So I, I'm, I could take a point. I could take a couple points. Rance, give us a uh, rundown on, on your style. Who did you uh... – who do you copy your style after? Who would you say that that you, uh, who fights in your style? Who who's, yeah. Who who do you who do you name yourself after? Oh, uh, my style. I, I took I took uh, in my orthodox style. I took Roy Jones Jr. That's, that's my favorite fight of all time. When I won't be uh, cocky in, in my fights, and when I go left hand, I took uh Vasily Lomachenko. The angles, man. You have you have a lot of angles on on a turning, and that aggravates a lot of fighters, especially if you fight both hands. They they'll really mess them up. Very good, and, and you know, Rance, you're going to be fighting in your hometown. Uh, we talked a little bit about this before an MMA fight, but the the adrenaline of fighting in front of your people with your friends and everything like that in the crowd. Is it hard to, to stay focused? I guess just give us a rundown of, of what to expect. I mean, what's some of the things going through your mind whenever that first bell rings? Oh, some sometimes it be hard. It, it be hard until until you you uh, you start to settle down. You have to tone all the people out because you got people yelling some crazy things and now 
already. But it's both uh, it's both our hometown because we both from from Homer. So yeah, very good. And, and uh, we we talked a little bit about this with Justin, and I know that you do both boxing and MMA. So. I'm going to ask you the question that every fight fan has been asked a million times and every fighter has been asked. Floyd Mayweather is going to be taking on Conor McGregor. Can Conor McGregor hang with Floyd Mayweather in a boxing match? Uh, that, that's a no-no. <laughs> that's a no-no, man. That's, uh, you, you ain't, you ain't, you, uh, boxing, he took his legs away. He, you can't kick. Only thing you can do is punch. And wrap up, and Mayweather been champions for the last nineteen years before I probably was even born. He was a champion, yeah. So it, it's a no no. Then his defense is, yeah, that's aggravating. When you can't hit something and you get hit, oh, you going yeah. So that's an easy uh, half a billion dollars that's going to Mayweather. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hear you, man. So, so Rance, focus a little bit more on on your fight. Uh, you, you talked about letting your hands go. Um, I'll give you a question here. For you to be successful on Saturday, what do you have to do other other than that? What are, what are some of the other things that you're focusing on to to maybe uh, you know put your opponent down or win a decision? Oh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to let my hands go. Oh, uh, make it my fight. Get points, counter, move, stick and move. A lot of I I like to dance. A lot of sticking and moving. That's me. I have music flowing through me, so it's just going to be sticking, countering, and moving. There you go. Sounds like a winner. Hey, man, look, good luck to you, and uh, we're going to have you on again some, uh, some other time, okay, bud? Okay, thank yes, you. Sir. That was Rance Ward, amateur boxer. He's going to be fighting in the main event on Saturday. I loved his answer about uh, McGregor and uh, Mayweather. He said, that's a big no-no. <laughs> I, I, I tend to agree with him. That seems to be the uh, the go-to right now for many boxing people. And, hell, even MMA guys starting to say, look, you don't put a boxer in a, in a uh, you don't put a MMA guy in a boxing ring. But he, what he, what Rance said that was pretty interesting to me, you know, he said he was the Roy Jones type of fighter and he's fighting a guy that's more of a, a George Foreman type of slugger. That's going to be a good fight. The styles make fights. That's the kind of fights you want to see. You can have a guy going for the knockout against a guy trying not to get hit. So that's. It'd be an interesting fight, uh, especially with the with the little feud they got going on between the two gyms. I like that he knows his weakness, and, and he was very honest about, hey, you know, sometimes I like to dance in a little bit. I don't let go of my hands. It becomes a little bit of a show. I like that he understands that because when he's focused, he's very athletic. He's very gifted. He could, you know, he could move around very well. I think he's got a future if he could, you know, keep his his goals in front of him. And I would like to see that out of him Saturday to, you know, put together a complete fight and a really good showing. I know Justin's high on him and some other folks that are that are around boxing locally are high on him. And I think this is going to be a big night for him Saturday. You know, main event, fighting a guy that, that you know, is a, a fellow Homa guy. Uh, I think that this is going to be a, a, an opportunity to really make a statement. I agree. And <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Uh, no, I do agree with that statement because you know he he say he's saying at the at the same time he's not cocky, but at the same time he sounds like he could back up what he's saying. He's got confidence in in exactly what he's saying in his words, and I'm interested to see the guy in the ring. Yeah, and you know that's going to be out in Homa this weekend Saturday. Uh, going out, Justin and those guys always put on a good show. That'll be an opportunity to 
if you like watching some good fights, um, I think that'll be a really good show. Those amateur shows usually have a dozen, 15 fights, whatever it may be. There's going to be a lot of bouts on that card. Yeah, you, normally for a good amateur show, you're looking at about 20 fights. That's why they start a little bit early. You get If you don't want to see the preliminary bout, you can kind of get there a little bit late and watch the, uh, the, main, the main bout card. There you go. Let's take our next break. When we get back, we're going to keep the boxing train rolling. There was a big fight this weekend. We're going to talk about that. And then a little later in the show, we're going to talk some wrestling. We're going to have Brett Ian Landry on from Elite Championship Wrestling to talk about a big show they have this weekend in Homa. So keep it right here. We're going to have some more boxing. We're going to bring Nick on, talk about some other things as well. You're listening to One More Round. We'll be right back after this. Do you like what you're listening to? We sure hope so. One More Round is a South Louisiana-based recording studio where local personalities can discuss a wide range of topics spanning from local to national sports and other issues. For advertising, call Richard Mott at 985-226-0180. One More Round. Welcome back to one more round studios. Casey just there with Damien and Nick. We've had a very guest heavy show here. We want to thank Justin Verdon. We want to thank Rance Ward and wish both of those guys the best of luck. Justin and promoting a good show Saturday and Rance and fighting in the main event. Got a feeling Rance is going to get a result that uh, he's been waiting for. He's been working really, really hard. Um, Manny Pacquiao did not get a result that he was hoping for on uh, over the weekend in Australia. He fought Horn. Uh, Horn was a big underdog. That was in Horn's home country in Australia. And it seemed like the judges in that fight, uh, it would be very easy to say, oh, man, the Australian judges screwed him over. None of them were Australian. But it seems like the judges in the fight, guys, were a little bit swayed by the crowd and the reactions and Every time Horn threw a punch, the crowd's going wild, whether it lands or not. And just his overall energy, I think, skewed the judges a little bit. Of course, everyone knows by now Pacquiao did not win the fight. I'm pretty sure we all agree that that he probably should have gotten that to go his way. So just what were y'all thoughts as y'all were hearing that decision uh, and it, it didn't go the former champ's way? Uh, not surprised at all was my first uh, instinct. I'm I'm one of those guys that cut the cord for cable, uh-huh. so I uh, may or may not look for streams of uh, the fights. So this was on ESPN. So the first five rounds, I listened to uh, Teddy Atlas gripe and moan about what he wanted to see and what he was seeing and what he was not seeing. Right. You know, you listening to something, you kind of get swayed. Like right now, I, I may be swaying you to, that I believe that Pacquiao lost this fight, but I may not be. So the last uh, last six rounds, or last seven rounds, I watched on a, may or may not have watched on a European feed with some different announcers. Going into the 10th round, the announcer said, it's a close fight. If Horn could edge out these last two rounds, I believe we're going to have a close fight. So you know what I believed? I believe that we had a close fight. I, I agree, and, and I think that it was a very close fight. But 117-111 for Horn, Nick, that feels like that was a little bit uh, way out in left field. Yeah, I thought that was a little too far on that one. But I I, mean, I, I guess the word on this show is to agree. And I definitely <laughs> agree with David. 
Like when you have an announcer screaming in your ear that this guy's winning the fight, this guy's winning the fight, it's going to be a robbery if this guy wins the fight, you tend to believe that this guy's going to win the fight. But from what I saw, was it was a good fight. The fans won. That was a hell of a fight. Both guys went back and forth. Uh, Horn was almost out at one point. And I don't I don't see it as... Well, you look at the, the stats and Pacquiao did box his kid's ears off. Yes, yes. But this guy kept on going forward. Some judges like when a guy goes forward. They see him as the aggressor. Apparently, these judges were that. But when you're in somebody else's country, you have to knock this guy out. If you're going to wait for a decision, you're probably going to lose. So if for Pacquiao, he had to go into this place and knock this kid out to come out with that title. Horn landed something like 16% of his punches. Looked like a literally a zombie at the end of the fight. And... You know, outside of, you know, a headbutt to the scalp, Pacquiao really looked okay. Um, I, I guess that, that was my issue with it was you look at the two guys, you could see which one is more beat up. You look at the stats, Manny was dominant. He landed 100 more punches. He had, you know, a much higher landing percentage. And I think that the judges sort of rewarded this guy for, like Teddy Atlas said at the end of the fight, yeah, well, he tried really hard. But he didn't land a lot of those shots. That's sort of what I took issue with. It was just being aggressive and not landing anything. If, if that's the case, then Floyd Mayweather would have some losses too. But a lot of guys try to hit him unsuccessfully as well. Look, sometimes as a boxing judge, you could go ahead and get swayed by what Nick said earlier, by the crowd, by the aggressiveness. But let me tell you about who won that night. Boxing won that I agree. night. ESPN oh. won that night. Their next fight, the the ratings came out for this. They were through the roof. The next fight that they're going to have was Terrence Crawford. He is another crowd-pleasing guy. He's St- a star. Styles make fights. Depending on how you listen to this, we may or may not have talked about that earlier. Styles make fights. And Manny Pacquiao, Jeff Horn, they were two guys that the, their styles worked together. You had Horn went forward. Pacquiao was a counterpuncher. They both punched. They both landed. And it, was a, it was a great fight. Now, the decision... Let me ask you this. A lot of people disagree with the decision. It is what it is. But the fact that they're talking about it the next day, the fact that we're here on a Wednesday night and talking about something that happened on a Saturday, even though they're talking negatively about it, it doesn't matter. That's still publicity. I agree 100% with that. And here's here's the, the, the big thing is there are all these people. Oh, man, th- this is terrible for boxing. It makes people question the, the integrity of boxing and this, that, and the other. No one gives a damn about who has the belts anymore. People just want to be entertained. And I think that if you are going to uh, you know, sit here and say that you weren't entertained by watching this fight, or really even this entire show, because I thought it was a pretty good show. We'll talk about the undercard in a minute. You're outright lying to yourself. You know, okay, yeah, Manny Pacquiao lost the belts. He's going to get a rematch with this guy if he wants to take it. We're going to talk about maybe some retirement talks here in a minute. But he's got an opportunity now to fight this Jeff Horn again. That fight, I could assure you, is probably not going to be on free TV again. It's going to probably be on pay-per-view. And both fighters, Manny and Horn, are going to make more money. Who's losing in this? Oh, Manny Pacquiao has another loss. Who cares? They're both going to be in a position to prosper in the future. That's something that boxing should take from MMA. I'm not an MMA guy by any stretch of the imagination, but I do believe that losses don't hurt. You, MMA shows, if you could have one fight, you could fight for a title. Boxing went one fight. Now, you, one professional fight, you're fighting for a title. 
it's got to the point where if you're entertaining, you're going to get back on TV and you're going to you're going to make some money in the game. That uh, undefeated record people have bought into in previous years, it's not like that anymore. You don't need that. You just need to be uh, you just need to be entertaining and you just need to be able to fight. Nick, is this the end for Manny Pacquiao? Freddie Roach is saying he hopes that he retires. I don't think he's going to. Um, I think that he means too much to his native country, and, and those people enjoy seeing him fight, so he's going to continue to do it. I think that we all sort of agree he's done as the top guy or near the top, but how much longer does he have left to, to be able to do this? It depends on how much money he wants to make. He's out of the elite level of fighters for sure. He could still compete with the next tier of fighters, and he could whoop anybody underneath that 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 second tier. So if he wants to keep getting paychecks, he could keep on fighting. But I think as a career fighting, like if, if you don't want to be a shell of yourself, it's time to go right now. And I think it's time for him to go. You know, every once in a while, I get on my little mobile device and I read Casey Gisclair's Facebook and Twitter. Oh boy. And he made an excellent point. I don't know. I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you. When did Manny Pacquiao last have a knockout victory? 2009. And when did the allegations of the steroids on Manny Pacquiao happen 2009 does that is that coincidental right there case i think so i think that since they really pushed you have to have this blood testing done he's not been the same guy a younger manny pacquiao a 28 29 year old manny pacquiao in that ninth or tenth round whenever it was that he almost knocked out horn he would have finished it and if he wouldn't have finished it that round the next round he would have finished it but instead, he rested for the round after. Even when the referee went to Jeff Horn's corner and said, hey, yo, I'm about to stop this. I need to see more out of you. The, there was blood in the water everywhere, and Pacquiao still could not finish the fight. That was very telling to me was this guy just doesn't have that same juice to be able to uh, slit the throat at the end, so to speak. Juice. You, you, you like what juice. I did there, huh? Yeah. That is that. Okay, so that's happening, but at the same time, now the guy's a senator or whatever he is in, in the Philippines. Because that, that obviously has to have an effect on your, your killer instinct. You're trying to, well, I don't know. It, it obviously takes away from your training time. I'm not saying it takes away your yeah. killer instinct to be a politician because, Lord, we know that's not true. But <laughs> it has to take time away from your training. It has to take away time from your dedication to the sport. And, and, and in fairness, one of the things that Freddie Roach said in his statement of I hope he retires is not that he's washed up is that he's just got too much on his plate. And they're trying to train and not being able to get into the gym until 11 p.m. And look, the Philippines is a nation at war right now. There's a lot going on, and Manny's just got a lot on his mind. I think we're going to see one more with Jeff Horn. If he wins that one, I think he's retiring. If he loses that one, I think he's retiring either way. I think he's got one more fight, and it's going to be with Jeff Horn, and I think that's it. Uh, Politically, do you think that Manny Pacquiao walks out of council meetings? Oh, boy. How, how am I supposed to answer that question, man? You're putting me in a terrible spot. This is going to be a very rigid segue to the undercard of that Pacquiao Horn uh, situation on ESPN. Um, we're going to talk very briefly about Shane Mosley Jr. Um, why, are we, why? Well, I guess the question, why are we talking about this guy other than the fact that his name is Shane Mosley Jr.? The guy is not a prize fighter at all. ESPN was trying to make him into one this past weekend, and just didn't look very good. No, and I, his name's on the on the agenda strictly because of who his dad is. Uh, at the beginning of the fight, he's trying to say, you know, he's trying to get out of his dad's shadow, but then on the back of his his robe, it has something about the, the legacy, yeah, uh, whatnot. So, you know, 
his, said his dad didn't even make the trip to no, he, Australia. Yeah, he broke broke off with him, not personally, but professionally. They're they're separated. Or as Timothy Bradley said, Argentina. Argentina. He was terrible. Uh, I like Timothy Bradley, other than that quirky stuff. I, I rather him than Roy Jones Jr. Oh, I now you Bradley act, like truly believe that Horn won the fight because when uh, Teddy Atlas kind of grilled him at the end, and and Horn. Um, Timothy Bradley was like, well, uh, he might have won. It was a close fight. And- well, why do you think he said that? Because he got the same nod against Pacquiao <laughs> previous fight. But uh, going back to that, Teddy Atlas lost his mind after that fight. But what was even worse too was, much. was Stephen A. Smith Way in the too studio much. was embarrassing. Way too much. And look, I appreciate Atlas because he is a boxing guy. But Stephen A. Smith is just there... Um, to always try to make the story about him. Oh, Pacquiao had this injustice happen, so let me scream about it for 10 minutes to try. Manny Pacquiao! Uh, yeah. I, he I got robbed! Could have done without any of that stuff. And Stephen A. Smith is not even the most educated boxing guy on his own show. Max Kellerman is far and away the superior boxing guy on that show. So I definitely could have done without that. That, that was very spot on, Nick. I, I, I was very infuriated by that. Oh, talk a little bit more about the undercard as uh, we talked about Shane Mosley really struggling. I thought the unsung hero of this entire thing was Michael Conlon. He is now 3-0. and um, Look, the guy fought, you know, a football helmet out there in, in the ring. And that was not a very good opponent for him. It's a guy who had been knocked out several times and by not very good competition. Um I'm one of the nerds that actually watches Olympic boxing. If you want to talk about corrupt decisions, that sport is littered with them. Conlon won the bronze medal. He should have won the gold medal. Got you know That scoring system is all out of whack. He really got cheated. He's turned pro since then. He's 3-0, three knockouts. He was very impressive over the weekend. Fellas, I think that this is a guy. I like to find these younger guys that can maybe be stars in the future. I think this is the guy. I think that he's got both the talent – and then also, I think he's pretty marketable being from Europe, and he's got a little bit of swagger about him. I think he's a guy we're going to be talking about here for the future. Yeah, he's definitely got the right team behind him. He's got Bob Arum, which that's that's the Don in, in boxing right now. You know, Don King's on his way out. Bob Arum, is, he's, he's the godfather. And he's got he's signed him right out of the Olympics. He's got the pedigree. He knows what he's doing, and he looks the part. And, uh, I mean, the only thing missing from him is, uh, the, is Irish Terry Conklin. <laughs> to be behind, to be in his corner, you know, and I, like you said, he, he's very impressive. He wasn't fighting anybody. Uh, he's not. I don't know. A lot of times, you start off in your career, you you're fighting worse than that, and you're not on TV. So yeah. he's a step ahead, I believe, just being able to fight on TV. But anytime you fight a guy, a, a white guy that walks in the ring with a sombrero, <laughs> you know that's got to be an in easy Australia. night. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Um, we talked about the next. Free fight. Uh, this will be Terrence Crawford. Talk about a pay-per-view fight here for a minute. Canelo Alvarez and Triple G. Um, this is this fight is driving me crazy. I like to be the guy that sort of has an idea of what's going to happen before it happens. Fellas, I have no idea what's going to happen in this fight. I, I think Canelo is the better boxer. But every time I've seen Triple G in the ring, I've seen someone crumble before him in that ring. Um, I don't know if Canelo's going to be that same liability to, to get knocked out, but 
it the uncertainty is really driving me nuts. I, I this is a big fight. It's going to be later in the in the fall. I have no idea how it's going to go. And that's why it's a super fight because you just, it's one of those fights that you're going into, in my opinion, not a big favorite on either side. I don't think it's a favorite at all on either side. Both get in the fight on one punch and both get boxed depending on how the fight goes. That's And that's why you pay the money. That's why, that's why boxing is a, is the sport that it is and the big money is behind the certain guys that, that, that it's behind. Nick, your thoughts on that super fight, man? I just do not see it going to distance for sure. Somebody's getting knocked out. and You think so? I, I totally think so. And it's, it's going to be one hell of a fight, and I, I'm really interested in seeing that. I think we all sort of agree that if you're looking for the pop culture value and, and being able to reach a whole lot of people, the Mayweather-McGregor fight is the better value. But if you're looking for just a really damn good fight, I think this is probably the better shopper's value, wouldn't you say? Oh, definitely, uh, 100%. Mayweather and McGregor is going to be... Like I don't know, I don't know how how old our audience is, but if you remember, Kimball Sliced used to fight. That's gonna in be his the reality backyard. show. That's that's kind of and look, reality sell, reality show sell. Uh, by the time that Triple G and Canelo fight, I believe boxing is back on the rise at this point. That's gonna be a big time sell. I it's got some good fights coming. I'm kind of getting actually getting excited about watching boxing again. Oh man, me, you and me both. Let's take our next break when we get back. We're going to talk some wrestling. We're going to have Brett Ian Landry on the line. They have an Elite Championship Wrestling show, 5 p.m. on Sunday. Keep it right here. You're listening to One More Round. If you're in the market for a screen-printed vinyl t-shirt, sports apparel, embroidery, or much more, please visit Down the Bayou Design Studio and Clothing Company in Golden Meadow. They have all your clothing needs. Go visit Nick and all the guys out there. They're going to do a wonderful job. Again, that's Down the Bayou Design Studio and Clothing Company out in Golden Meadow. They're open five days a week from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Again, that's Down the Bayou Design Studio and Clothing Company. Give them a ring, 985-475-7700. Welcome back to One More Round Studios here in Golden Meadow. Casey Gisclair, Damien St. Pierre, Nick A. Bear, uh, Mellow at the controls as always. We've got a special guest on the phone lines, Brett Ian Landry, a manager at Elite Championship Wrestling. They have a show this weekend on Sunday at 5 p.m. at East Park Re- Recreation Center in Homa. Brett, how you doing, man? <laughs> I am doing fantastic. You are welcome to have me, sir. We are indeed welcome to have you, man. We understand that you're going to have a busy night Sunday. You're going to be uh, managing a couple of talents that are going to be in some of the elite um, uh, placement on the card. The Dirty Blondes are going to be taking on the Metal Riot uh, group in the tag match. What exactly is a Thunderdome? It's one of those stupid ideas that those idiots in the Metal Riot squad came up with. First of all, I should probably mention that the entire reason Elite Championship Wrestling is having a super show is because of me. When I was the general manager back in 2013, I put on the first Elite Super Show with Matt Hardy in the main event, by the way. And now this is Super Show 5. This is the fifth annual Super Show. Do I get any credit for it? No, of course I don't. Of course I don't. But that's okay, because I'll be able to take credit 
for the Metal Riot Squad's career ending. <laughs> I can't even tell you how excited I am for that. This Thunderdome cage thing, this idiotic idea that they've come up with, it's a steel cage, right? And the steel cage is 10 feet tall, and they're going to hang random weapons from each corner of the cage. And I don't know if the fans are going to pick weapons or if the Riot Squad's going to come up with some garbage. I don't know or care, but <laughs> the bottom line is there's going to be implements inside of a cage that the Metal Riot Squad's already going to be trapped in there with my blonde. And there's not a chance, not a chance that they're going to walk out, uh, well, as champions, much less walk out, period. So I am very excited. Casey, I feel the same way Brett feels right now. I don't feel that we could do this podcast without me. <laughs> That's how I feel. I, I feel. I feel exactly where you're coming from. <laughs> you got an ally here, Brett. You know the quality. That's right. You know the quality of a good hand. That's what's important. Brett, I had the opportunity to check out the last match in Pensacola with the Dirty Blondes and the Metal Riot Squad. What kind of bloodbath mm-hmm. was that? Man, uh, <laughs> you know, that was probably the most uh, bloody and intense match that I've ever been associated with. Uh, when I tell you that the floor in Pensacola was literally covered in puddles of Leo Bryan's blood, uh, that is not an exaggeration. You've seen the pictures. You've seen the footage. It was... Uh, it was a massacre, but at the end of the day, the blonde still retains the elite tag team championship. So if they can get beat up that much, if they can lose that much blood and still go home with the gold, uh, what, what, you, what chances are there that the metal ride squad's actually going to come out victorious inside of a cage? It's, I mean, it's simple math at that point. I mean, you saw the match, right? Yeah, I, I got a chance to watch it. Uh, look, the fact that the crowd was kind of handing them weapons to use, and it kind of brought me back to the old ECW days. It was it was interesting to uh, to watch. Now, look, I've seen the physique on these dirty blondes, and look, I'm a man that knows how to keep a physique together at this point in my life. What kind of training <laughs> regimen you have you guys on at this point? Nah, the dirty blondes, they don't need a training regimen. See, everybody talks about, oh, the dirty blondes, they're big and they're fat and they're out of shape and they're slow and they can't do uh, this, that, and the other. The bottom line is that Michael Patrick and Leo Bryan were born with talent. Now, you can can train, you can go to the gym, and you can work out, and you can practice, and, oh, practice makes perfect, and, you know, we're going to be the best wrestlers we can be, and we're going to look like, you know, these these fitness models, and the Dirty Blondes don't need that. The Dirty Blondes were born with this natural talent to seek and destroy. They are old-school pro wrestlers at the finest of the art. We're talking like... Uh, Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard. We're talking like Arn Anderson and Larry Zbysko. We're talking like Arn Anderson and any partner that Arn Anderson's ever had. It's a team like that. Old school, pure talent. They can do whatever they want to do, man. Training regimen or not, I don't have to force them to do anything. And they're doing the best work of their careers right now. I'm super proud of them. And obviously the Elite Tag Team Championship says that. We're talking some wrestling with Brett Ian Landry of Elite Championship Wrestling. And Brett... I don't mean to ruffle your feathers a little bit here, but the last time I had uh, read some things about you, you were the Elite Championship Wrestling General Manager. You are not the Elite Championship Wrestling General Manager now. Mm. What happened there, man? (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Um, So uh, my birthday, actually, in December of 2012, I was brought into Elite Championship Wrestling as the General Manager, and I made some great uh, decisions for the company. 
the design of the championship belts that still exist today. The fact that Elite runs shows in the East Park Rec Center. Um, it's just so much of the way Elite Championship Wrestling currently exists was because of me. Uh, and then in August of 2013, right after that super show that I mentioned earlier with Matt Hardy, uh, there were some things that were outside of control and ended up having to leave the company. Um, and then finally, when I get the opportunity to come back to the organization quite some time later, in May of 2015, actually, uh, they rehire me. But, uh, I mean, you know, foolish on my part. I guess I didn't read the fine print. Um, they rehired me as a host as a ring announcer and that was a little bit demeaning and uh you know i didn't uh, i didn't like that very much and it kind of took it personally and you know maybe i stepped over a couple of lines and said some things i should have said did some things i should have done but uh, i mean i put my foot down and i stood up for myself and i made it happen and i did get fired from that role but I became an advocate very shortly thereafter and started putting together a stable of athletes because, and you know this watching professional wrestling, right? If you're not the authority figure, if you don't have the executive power, what's the next best thing? That's the power of gold. So I amassed a stable of talent. They amass elite gold, and I'll have just as much power as I need to mute me if I have to. But at the end of the day, with elite championship wrestling being based out of HOMA, and now working shows in Pensacola and eyeing expansion into the uh, Biloxi, Gulfport, or Bay St. Louis area, trying to do a little tri-city thing on the Gulf Coast. All I have to do is plant my flag in each one of those cities. So I plant my flag, championship gold, I got talent. You can't deny me at that point. So I might not be the GM, but uh, the power is literally at my fingertips, and we're going to solidify that this Sunday. Yeah, so Brett, uh, tell me about Odinson, man. He's going to be uh, taking on Rodney Mack. I don't know much about your client, but I do know Rodney Mack is a tough customer. Does Odinson have what it takes to meet that challenge? <laughs> uh, just clear, I thought you'd be giving me some questions with a little more journalistic integrity. Odinson, of course, has what it takes to defeat Rodney Mack. You know, Rodney Mack is a former WWE superstar. He was an ECW original. But you know what those two things have in common? They're both in the past. They're both long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Odinson is the here and the now. He is present and he is up in your face. Have you, have you seen any footage of Odinson? And if you haven't, you should go check it out. Odinson is not only a physically impressive specimen, but he is one of the most athletic big men in the wrestling business today. He is a Norse god incarnate this man is a is a bodybuilder he's he's this just genetic freak i can't i can't even begin to tell you how excited i am to put him as the centerpiece of my domination and he's the next elite heavyweight champion i mean it's just it's plain and simple his f10 that finishing move that that tilt a whirl f5 that he does it's no one gets up from that, especially not Rodney Mack. And everybody's going to get a chance to see that this Sunday night. Go ahead, D. Oh, man, I don't want to go here, but it's on the top of my head. How embarrassing is it to have to bring professional wrestlers into the East Park Recreation Center in front of that crowd? 
Well, I will tell you this. The East Park Rec Center is a historic wrestling venue as far as like Mid-South and the heyday of wrestling down here in this particular area. So that's the reason I moved Elite back to it in the first place when I was general manager because it had such a storied history. Uh, unfortunately, the fans nowadays are uh, a little more on the troglodyte side of things <laughs> when they don't necessarily appreciate good wrestling. Uh, but hey, you know what? That's not my fault. They still pay money. They still pay to, to buy tickets to come see me and my guys do our thing. And uh, whether they love us or they hate us, that doesn't matter to me. They still help me pay my bills, whether they like it or not. So, Brett, you're predicting a clean sweep Sunday. The Dirty Blondes are going to win. Odinson's going to win. It's going to be a, a wonderful day Sunday for there's you, right? There's no predicting. There's no predicting. I don't <laughs> You keep using these words. I don't think you know what they mean. There's no predicting here. When you're, when you're a man like me, and you're as intelligent as I am, and you have the foresight that I have, I mean, I definitely have a better education than everybody in Homa, because believe me, Terrebonne Parish is pretty low on the totem pole as far as where I'm from. And when I take a look at all of the idiots in that area and all of the the, the soup, that, that disgusting that primordial ooze that they all crawl from. And I know that I mountaintops above them. It's easy for me to have a game plan to put two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight steps ahead. I know what's going to happen before they even think they know what's going to happen. So a clean sweep is a formality. Odinson will be the elite heavyweight champion. The Dirty Blondes will be the elite tag team champions. I'll find a junior heavyweight, and I'll get an elite junior heavyweight champion on my team. And then when all the gold belongs to my guys, the power will belong to me again, general manager position or not. And at that point, elite championship wrestling will be mine again. So, again, I appreciate you having me on this show, but you should be asking questions that are uh, more difficult for me to answer. Clean sweep is absolutely ridiculous. My guys are going to walk out with the gold, period. End of story. I understand, Brett. And, and looking at the card, uh, we talked about the two matches involving involving your guys. Is there anything else on the card that you think um, you're going to be keeping your eyes on? I know that you just said you're scouting for some more talent. Is there anybody in particular? Can you give us a little bit of insight into your plans? Who are some of the guys that you're maybe looking at? Uh, you know, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that. I do have uh, some, some guys that I'm eyeing up. Again, like I mentioned, Elite Championship Wrestling is not only in Homa, but also in the Mississippi and Florida area, specifically in Pensacola. So I do have some, some other clientele that I either currently have or have spoken to, uh, like the SOB Challenge that I'm doing out in Pensacola with Ox. That's always a blast. Ox is undefeated, of course, because, I mean, He's one of my clients, so that goes without saying. Um, if I had told you, though, some of the people that I was currently in discussions with, I'd have to kill you. So I can't, uh, I can't give you that information. But uh, essentially, I, I'll, I'll tell you this one thing. I'll, I'll give you this one piece. Something that I have made a habit of doing is eliminating elite heroes just because of this false idolization that these – fans have for them uh anthony christian blake uh so on and so forth these people that uh and well the metal riot squad coming up this uh, and, and Roddy mac too this sunday these these people uh, have these false idols and that's that's not what this is about that's not that's not what pro wrestling is about so 
if you if you feel like you're an idol to these people and you go in the ring and you wrestle for these people, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. This is an athletic competition. It's for money and glory and power. I mean, there's there's no other there's no other way around it. You're not going out there to to win a match and oh gosh, gee Willikers, do I feel good about it? No, you're going out there to beat somebody else up to earn money, a bigger paycheck than the guy that you just beat up, and feel great about it in the end, especially if you get home with the belt. So I say all of that to say this, that if there's anyone that is not considering potentially being a part of my brand, my new dangerous alliance, as it were, then they should be rethinking their career options. Because quite simply, as the cliche goes, you're either with me or you're against me. I hear you, and we were happy to be with you here. Brett, thanks so much for the time. And look, we're going to have you on again soon, and and hopefully uh, you're going to have a whole lot more gold with your clients whenever that happens. No, I know so. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to coming back. Thanks so much for the time. You are welcome. You are welcome. Yes, sir. That was Brett Ian Landry with Elite Championship Wrestling. They got a big show on Sunday. Man, Damien, that was – that was a very interesting interview segment, to say the least. I don't know what my plans are Sunday, but if anybody was uh, booked to entertain with me on Sunday, I-, I may have to cancel those plans because, man, he sold me. That was probably the uh, best interview that we've done so far. <laughs> Definitely the most fun. That's uh, this Sunday, July 9th, the Elite Championship Wrestling Super Show featuring Brett Landry's uh, Dirty Blondes and Odinson. I'm interested. He's got, he's got me sold as well. There was one thing that, that he touched upon that, that I wanted to talk about. And, and when people say indie wrestling, they think, you know, these old, unathletic guys that really can't move around, they can't do too much in the ring. Elite Championship Wrestling has some guys that could go. And that they're sort of rebranding themselves. I, I know the, the promoter real well. I know some of the guys that are in the inner circle real well. They're trying to get away from that, and I think that they're succeeding in a big way. They've got some guys that could really work. Yeah, they do a good job of getting some elite talent down there uh, in Homa. And it's not just uh, run-of-the-mill type of guys. It's guys that are kind of on the, on the brink of doing something special with their careers. I know a few guys that pass through there that have gone on to a, a bigger and better things. Just uh, off the top of my head, I remember seeing Raymond Rowe uh, he was then, fantastic. He was awesome. And then the next week or so, he's in Ring of Honor. And that goes quick. And I would go out and definitely come check check these guys out. They have an eye for talent. And they, they know what they're doing. I haven't been verbally assaulted like that in an interview since Jimmy Cantrell last Friday. And coincidentally oh, wow. enough, I was here at the studio when that phone call took place. <sighs> I'm not touching that. <laughs> but you didn't leave early. No, I, I, no, you're right. I didn't leave early. I, I stayed. And I thought you weren't touching that. Yeah. It happens. It happens. <laughs> Looking at the Elite Championship Wrestling uh, show card, I was centered a minute ago. In addition to the Thunderdome steel cage match and the Elite Heavyweight Championship match, we also have an Elite Junior Heavyweight Championship match between Blake Wilder uh, versus Rob Love. Uh, Jazz will be taking on Robin Reed. The Professional will be taking on Stan Sweet Tan. Cherry Raymonds or Ramones with Prince Taj Mahal. Boy, that sounds like a very face character, right? That's definitely a heel. Reverse Purple Haze and Gregory James also in action. So going out, that's the East Park Recreation Center Sunday, 5 p.m. in Homa, Louisiana. But um, really quickly, guys, and we'll bring Nick Aberry in here for this conversation as well. Um, there's going to be some WWE Sunday as well. Are you guys excited about that at all? Um, 
I gotta tell you, I've been watching Raw. It, it kind of sucks, quite frankly. A lot of what's going on. I'm excited for the Lesnar match, but I'm not excited for much else. Excited is a very strong word. I do, I do echo those sentiments. I'm not gonna say I agree, but I do echo those sentiments <laughs> about the main event because I think Samoa Joe is doing a fantastic yes, job. He is of being he's pretty much doing it by himself he's promoting the yeah. event by himself because lesnar shows up you know the week before and tries to he did a good job too of just selling making samoa joe look like an active participant and uh give him a fighting chance to be able to win the match but the undercard uh it's it's bad i know i got a i got a soft spot for uh for enzo and then uh having to take on kaz which that interview before raw was awesome yeah, he he let it all out at that point. The seven foot catchphrase that I wrote—that's that's huge, man. That was awesome. So Nick, uh, I guess you know I've given my thoughts. Damien's given his thoughts. Are you excited about the pay per view at all? The uh, the main event, I really had no interest in ever seeing a Lesnar versus Samojo match until the the incident with Samojo and Paul Heyman. That sold me. That was that was good storytelling right there. And from there, every week, I didn't like how. After the week after the Samoa Joe incident with Paul Heyman, Samoa Joe came to the ring and Brock Lesnar just waited for him. I was hoping Brock Lesnar would go attack him, but yeah. he didn't. But that they built that thing up to something that I actually want to see. The undercard, not so much. The cast and the Enzo thing, yeah. But the undercard, not so much. But that main event, I actually want to see it. I never thought I would want to see a Samoa Joe match. Here's the thing, and I, I it's been built up well, and I, I agree. I, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I don't... I don't envision Samoa Joe having any shot to win this match, and that disappoints me. Like, can you imagine Samoa Joe going into SummerSlam as the champion? I can't, and that sort of kills it a little bit for me because he's done a good enough job in building this feud that I think he sort of deserves to go over, but he's not going to, and I think that the ending to the match is going to feel a little bit flat because of it. I would hope, in my dream world, I have Paul Heyman managing Brock Lesnar, and Samoa Joe. Yeah. I think that should be a tremendous tandem that they uh, – Joe could talk, but only to a point he can't talk like Paul Heyman. So I think that's, right. that's kind of a, a, a dream, old-school kind of stable. And I, w- I would put Strowman in there too, and you'd have three of the, the biggest, baddest dudes in the company. Now, that won't happen because you obviously need different storylines. But in a dream world where I live sometimes, that's what I would enjoy seeing. Nick, any chance Joe wins this match? Absolutely not. Uh, I mean, he's a good placeholder for a main event match right here to get towards SummerSlam. But I just really don't think he has a chance in this. But like uh, uh, what Damien just said about him getting with Paul Heyman, I think that would be great for him. Like Shinsuke Nakamura, Samoa Joe, Brock Lesnar. Because those those guys can't really talk the battle. They can fight the battle. They just need that mouthpiece in there for them. They can talk for them. Yeah, we've talked about Shinsuke a lot here since we've been rolling. And I agree. I mean, I... Yeah, Mott's not here, but yeah, I agree. I, uh, I I do think that that would be a great career move. Um, Enzo and Cass, okay? Uh, what's going on there? Um, I don't know that the two could, could succeed separate from one another. Enzo's good on the mic. Is he uh, a credible threat enough in the ring to survive on his own in singles? Is Cass good enough on the mic to you know thrive without Enzo there backing him up? I feel like we're in dangerous territory with these two guys because I don't know that they could survive without one another. I think that's another guy that sh- could be under that Paul Heyman banner. It would be Big Cass. Seven foot, obviously, being that's repeated constantly in his interviews. A guy that can't really talk. He's decent as a worker. He's going to get better. 
I just I think this is going to be a smash, uh, a squash match. I don't think Enzo is going to put up much of a fight because they are going to push uh, Big Kaz as, as as far as the fans will let him go. Take take that one, Nick. What, what are your thoughts? It's it's a tough situation with Kaz and Enzo because like you see them as a tag team, right? And you can't have Kaz just break away from the tag team and go singles, and Enzo just be his manager, which I think Enzo would be better as a manager than as a tag team wrestler because Kaz is clearly carrying that team. Yeah, so but you have to break him away, and it, I don't. Cass needs something there because I mean, he, like this the seven foot catchphrase. He is just the that's that's his one line. He has well, he has two lines, and one um, Enzo actually says. But <laughs> I I think he's gonna be a good wrestler. He's got the WWE machine behind him with Vince McMahon, so I think he's gonna be successful, but more in a Roman Reigns type successful where people really don't want to see him, but he's getting pushed like crazy. Now I'm gonna we're gonna go a little bit deeper here. When he came out, and I think it was two Mondays ago, he came out in a plain black T-shirt. Mm-hmm. That that spoke to me and said, we have plans for this guy, but maybe not that many plans for this guy. Right. That, that let me know that nah, it's kind of on that on that, that teetering line what we're going to do. In case you always wanted to do this. Can we shift gears right here? Go ahead. I always man. wanted to do this. Let's go over things that we don't want to see, which in my opinion is the rest of the card. The rest, yeah, the entire rest of the card. A 30-minute. Iron Man match between the tag team of Sheamus and Cesaro against the Hardy Boys. Oh, goody. I could list about a million things that I would like to see less, more, less is more, (laughs) (laughs) than a Sheamus and Cesaro in the wrestling ring for half an hour. I don't care if they're a tag team. I don't want to see them in the ring for half an hour. Has anything been ruined more or worse, rather, than the Hardys? There was this, this... Cesaro. Hype, yeah, Cesaro. Yes, there was this hype. Oh man, they're back! Everybody's excited. Let's pair them with Sheamus and Cesaro in a feud. I, I was genuinely excited when they came back, and since then I've gotten a whole lot of nothing. Just bring back the broken gimmick already. Everyone wants it. Everyone's waiting on it, and it's just not happening. And they're rotting in a feud with Sheamus and Cesaro. With the, the broken gimmick, I think they're just waiting to get the to to be able to bring it back and yeah. they're just kind of like playing it out week by week week by week just saying yeah well uh, the, the the crowd obviously wants it the fans want it that's not in the crowd but they can't so they, we'll we'll give you this in the meantime i think that's that's what's going on with that but that's what everybody wants and we're not getting it minor detail this was something that that I, we talked about a little bit off the air on raw the miz had bo dallas and uh curtis axel with him I used to be a Miz hater, God, I love the Miz. but I like the Miz now because it seems like he gets over whatever it is that he's doing, whether it's Miz Dow, whatever it is. Bo Dallas is a favorite of the guys here in the room. Are you guys excited to see Bo Dallas now hand in hand, side stride for stride with the Miz? I think it's a it's a it's a dream team kind of deal, but something that we talked about in our, our little group text you said he's growing the Wyatt beard yes he is and as most of the people probably listening if you made it this far you probably know that uh, Bo Dallas and Bray Wyatt are actually brothers I think if it gets to that point it's going to be even better because the heel turn on the Miz or I guess I don't know what it would be the even turn <laughs> the neutral <laughs> turn on the Miz is going to be some entertaining stuff uh, Curtis Axel I I uh is it Curtis Axel? Why is that dude still around? Curtis Axel, yeah, Axelmania, right? Yeah. yeah. No, I messed that up. Is that who I'm talking about? Yeah, Curtis Axel. Who's the yeah, other yeah. idiot that they don't do anything with when the 
Florida there's, colors. There's a lot of them. I, I'm not sure uh, exactly. Um, who. Titus O'Neil. Titus O'Neil. No, no. I got a brain fart. We right could here. reconvene. We he was he he, he wrestled uh, Seth Rollins this week, and Rollins squashed him. Oh, the guy who cuts Jeez, the promos about yeah Haw- Hawkins. Hawkins. Yes. Hawkins. I, I get them confused. Hawkins and Axel. The fact that we all didn't know his name <laughs> is probably not good for. But anyway, rapid fire, one word answer: Orton or Wyatt. Nick. Wyatt. D. Wait, wait. Orton. Uh, no, Orton and Wyatt? Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. Scratch that. Right this time. Right this time, though. House of Horrors match. Yes, definitely. <laughs> sorry about that. Um, Rapid fire. Wyatt and who is Wyatt? Wyatt. <laughs> Rollins. Rollins. <laughs> Wyatt and Rollins. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, Rollins, I'm guessing. Rollins because they already do a shit on Bray Wyatt. Yeah, that's what I was going Man, it should be Wyatt. It really should be, but... Yeah, I agree with you. Um, it's going to be Rollins. Okay. Um, main event time. Lesnar, Samoa Joe. I actually got that match right. Lesnar or Samoa Joe. We all sort of agree it's going to be Lesnar, right? Yeah. It, unfortunately, it will be. Unfortunately. You want to put uh, Samoa Joe over on Lesnar? You just said that that's what you wanted to happen. I never said that. Play the tape. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want Samoa Joe to go on, over on anybody. I Yeah, I... <laughs> Samoa Joe's done himself proud in this feud, but I don't know that he he's going to beat Brock Lesnar. And with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap this uh, train up. Guys, if you like what you're hearing, go ahead and subscribe to us on our social media. You go to facebook.com slash one more round. Uh, Podbean, if you, if you want to listen to us from your mobile device in an easier way, one more round.podbean.com. Subscribe to us there. And if you're on the Twitter machine, uh, one underscore more round, you can find us on there. We're going to be back later this week with another episode. If you got any ideas, shoot us, t- shoot us a message on Twitter or Facebook, and we'll try to get your, your questions in or your topics in. We're going to keep this train rolling. This is by far our biggest show of our, our short career, and we're going to keep on. We're going to keep this rolling again on Saturday, amateur boxing in Homa, on Sunday, professional wrestling. And actually, again, in home. This your boy, I pull the mic, it's time to break out the chains. Mount that dirty south boot, where we get them hurricanes. 95 on the map from Golden Matter to Games. Drop a party at the Fad Pond, making it rain. I'ma put my hood up every chance that I get. Representing 40 by your best, never forget.